I hope you believe that this morning. So many people have, have convinced themselves or been convinced by the evil one. That's where we're saying about that darkness, you know, is fighting against us. So many people are, are convinced that they've sinned too much, that God could never forgive them. Or they've received Christ and they, and they sinned some more after that. In fact, they sinned a lot more after that and think, oh, I must not be saved. I, mu- I must not be a Christian because God could never forgive me as a Christian for doing this or for saying that or, or what those things might be. But God's word tells us throughout, but some very specific passages his, his word tells us, first of all, that no one can sin too much that they can't be forgiven by Christ. No one. But that even believers who fall into sin, and all of us do from time to time, and, and some of us do more severely than others, but we can still, his word tells us, we can still confess our sins to God. And he is faithful and just, and he'll forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do I know that? How do I know that? It's what his word says. Anybody know where his word says that? I heard of 1 John. Anybody agree with that? 1 John and somebody else said 1-9. Anybody agree with that? I might be setting you up. It could be wrong. Do you agree with it? Come on, take a risk. Do you agree with it? Three of you, four of you agree with it. All of you are correct. And it's critical for us to understand that. And we can understand the truths of God about himself and about us if we will look at his word. That's why I wanted this um, visual up here. We in 2020, that's where we're at now. If you, hopefully you guys have caught up to that. Some of you have even written it down. You know, you've had to write on a check or someplace the date, although we don't do that stuff anymore. Um, it's 2020. And we, as believers in Christ, we can have 2020 vision concerning the things of God and ourselves if we will look into his word. Some of you have been at this looking into his word for years. And those of you that have been looking through it and and at it the longest would probably be the first to stand up and say, there's always something new every single day when I get back into it. And those of you who haven't been in it yet would be pretty quick to say, I've tried it before and I didn't get anything out of it. And so I'm really kind of wondering if I, if I really need to do this. And so this morning I want us to look at Psalm 119. It's a, it's a Psalm that I introduced to you a few, um, a month or so ago. Psalm 119, it's on page 337 in the Bibles that are provided. And we're not going to read the entire psalm. And some of you um, remember what I said about it, and some of you already know this about the Psalm 119. It's really long. All right? In fact, the, the writer of this psalm, this psalmist, and we don't know who it was, it sounds a lot like some of David's psalms, but 
and, and, it might, and it very well may be his, but that's not the, the issue. It's, it's a psalm of Jesus because Jesus wrote it all through his prophets and apostles. And this particular psalm is unique in that it has many stanzas, and every stanza has eight verses, and all of those verses start with the conceptual, or um, con, con, consecutive, thank you, consecutive letter of the alphabet. Now, not our alphabet. You won't see that, you know. Now, some versions may have tried to get creative and try to fit that, but it would be very hard to do that. But these are the Hebrew, uh, they begin with the Hebrew letters of the alphabet. And so that's the kind of poem, the kind of, of song, psalm this is. And all of it, all of it, all 176 verses of it, that's a lot of verses, they all, with one possible exception, and you can find that, not right now, um, they all speak of the word of God. They all speak of the psalmist's ability to have 2020 vision, and this was a long time before 2020. But he, he speaks in every one of these verses about our ability and the joy that is ours in discovering the 2020 vision that we can have through the word of God. And the second stanza is the one that I want us to focus on this morning. Starts with the letter B or bait. And here's what it says. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. What a testimony. This is the testimony of this particular psalmist, of this individual. It can also be the testimony of every child of God. And my goal for you this morning as we, as we look at this is that you would take this as your own. That you would look at this and you would say, let this be me, Lord. Last week we talked about the concept of being imitators of God. Well, here is the, the, the material that you need to be that imitator of God. So make this testimony of the psalmist your testimony. And some of you might say, well, it, it really doesn't apply to me because the first thing he says is, how can a young man keep his way pure? There I think the psalmist took 
the most unlikely of all the categories of people and purity. Because no young man is even trying to be pure today, right? I hope that's wrong, young men. I hope you are. I hope because you have 20-20 vision, you understand that purity is an important thing for you even as a young man when the rest of the society says, oh, you're a young man, you can't be pure. Just go, go and do whatever you want. That's what young men do. No, it's not. How can you keep your way pure, young men? By knowing and committing yourself to the word of God. And I want to tell you, the rest of you, if young men can do it, so can all of us. It's a challenge. In fact, it's an impossible challenge. Jesus reiterated the impossibility of this throughout the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where he went through the law in a new way and helped the people of Israel of his day understand that they could not keep all the law. They couldn't do it. And when they started thinking that they could, then he would throw in something else. Like, instead of, he would say, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. He said, I tell you, what that really means is don't even commit murder in your mind. Don't even call somebody a fool. Don't even get close to the concept. Don't ever think of, of, your, of your fellow man or, or, or woman. Don't even think of them in those terms. Or you're guilty of it all. He even got to the point in the Sermon on the Mount where he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And you know who can do that? Nobody. Just like nobody could keep the law. Nobody could even keep just the Ten Commandments, if that's the whole law. Nobody could even just keep one commandment, if that was the whole law. And so as we start out by looking at purity for young men and then from them, everyone else, let's realize that in and of ourselves, on our own, we can't do this. And again, 2020 vision, understanding God and understanding people leads us to the word of God as our, as our source of information. And there we realize that the only way that we can ultimately be pure is through the purity of Jesus Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he said, God made him who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took our sins upon himself, not only to forgive us, but also to make us his righteousness. Once our sin was removed, he could put into us his righteousness. So that when he sees us, he sees his righteousness. Not our own. If all he saw was our own, it wouldn't be sufficient. It wouldn't be adequate. It wouldn't be enough. But he sees his righteousness in us. And that's, what we're, that's why we can sing with confidence this morning that we're the people of God. Because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Because of our belief in Jesus, his son, that changes everything. And that's the beginning of 
a young man or anyone else keeping their way pure, starting by understanding that, and then by living it. The scripture is also full of statements that say that we should live up to that which we've been called to or that which we've attained in Christ. We can do that. As we're singing about the mercy of God being, being more, more than our sin. That's not an invitation to just continue sinning and not worry about it because God's mercy is so great. The Apostle Paul said this about that. He says, oh, when you understand the grace and mercy of God, what do, you, what do you do then? Just keep sinning to make it better? Make it even more amazing? No. He said, by no means, never do that. That's not what we're talking about. We all sin. If we're believers in Christ, we all sin more than we want to. So it's not a, it's not a license just to keep on living however we want. No, we look to the word of God to find out how he wants us to live. And purity is one of those things. I seek, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. We're living in a day when people are neglecting the word of God and saying that God is speaking to them directly. They would say, hey, that, I'm seeking the Lord with all my heart, and he's, and he's talking to me. And we would say, no, he talks to us through his word. Don't stray from his commands. Seek after him, but seek after him through the word of God, through this written word that he's given us. Now, remember Jesus' relationship to the written word. Some of you were reminded of this um, earlier this week. Um, did anybody happen to watch the um, greatest of all time Jeopardy match this week? I see some hands. Okay. And you're thinking, now, how does, what does that have to do with this? Well, final Jeopardy, one of, those day, one of those days, was what are the first six words of the Gospel of John? Can you believe that? And what was even more amazing than that being a question? All three of them got it. And what's even more disappointing is, would we? Well, hopefully. We just spent some time on this in December. In the beginning was the Word. He's talking about Jesus. And we're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about the written Word of God. Jesus is the Word. That's when I first introduced this psalm when we started talking about that back in December. All, this, all these comments about the Word of God, we're talking about Jesus. He is the living Word of God. Everything that was written is personified in Him. Everything. We were talking about the mercy seat this morning. The, 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 in Jesus sitting on the mercy seat as we're, as we're singing praise to him. That, that, that picture from the Revelation. You know where the mercy seat came from? It came from the Old Testament tabernacle and then the temple where the glory of God resided for a time. Now Jesus, the fulfillment of all the word of God, now he resides for all eternity, for all eternity on that mercy seat where we go to where we confess our sins, where we worship him, where we serve him. Our lives, according to the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 3, as we read this morning, our lives are hidden in God, in him, at the mercy seat. We're there with him. 
That's where we live. And he is the living word. And so don't neglect the written word. His revelation to us so that we can understand who he is and what he thinks and what he thinks of us in our lives. He continues, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is that your testimony? Or, like I mentioned, like so many, you just gave up on that. It it was just too hard to understand. It took too much time. It was too difficult. There were words that you didn't get, and you didn't really want to ask anybody, and so you just kind of gave up on that. Or have you done like our kids have been doing? Have you been hiding it in your heart? Have you been treasuring it like fine jewels and pursuing it with all your heart? as you seek after him from the previous verse and hide it in the depths of your life, recognizing that this is what you need for your life. Do you see the passion of this testimony that can be ours? If we would also look at it in that same light and say, I need this in me. Because my tendency is to sin against God. That's all of our tendency. That's what we were born in, that tendency, that nature to sin against him. And then our responsibility after we've been given our new nature, which enables us not to sin against him, our, our new responsibility is to put that old nature to death, to continue killing it. Remember a few years ago, when uh, Mark Logie, our youth and missions pastor, was preaching, he, uh, I, think he, I think on that day or, or sometime around that day, he, he wore a, t- a T-shirt that had a, a quote from John Owen on it that said, that said and I, I, I'm getting it a little bit wrong, but something to the effect of, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Well, be killing your sin nature or your sin nature is going to be killing you. Hide the word of God in your heart so you know how he wants you to live so that you can do that which he's called you to do. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, by the blessing of the fellowship of the people of God, by your knowledge of his word, you can fight against whatever that sin nature wants you to do and wants you to rise up again as the old person that you used to be before you met Christ. You can put that person to death. You can continue to slay it. And live for the glory of God as you hide his word in your heart. Can this be said of you in 2020? Yes, let's make it so. Every one of us, without exception. There's not a single one of us that doesn't need to be hiding his word in our hearts. Not a single one of us. He continues. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. That's a little bit all-inclusive statement there. All your laws which come from your mouth. Now, the psalmist didn't have, that wrote this didn't have nearly the number of laws or passages of Scripture. He uses those words interchangeably. 
He didn't have near as many as we do because he didn't have the New Testament yet and not not even a, a good portion of the Old Testament yet. That's still a lot, what he was talking about. All of it. All of it. And so let me encourage you. Start, if you're just getting started in it, start in more comfortable sections. And by that, sections that are closer to our time than farther away from our time. So I would encourage you, start, if you haven't begun doing this yet, start in the New Testament. Start with one of the stories, one of the, one of the sections on the life of Jesus, one of the Gospels. Even start with the Gospel of John that, we, that you already know the first six words of anyway. Start there. It's more familiar. And go from there. But don't stop with the New Testament. Don't stop with the, with the more familiar sections. Continue on. Look at it all. And as you learn it for yourself, as you praise God for what he's teaching you, for what he's doing in your life through it, because he will do this. He will change your life as you spend time in his word, as you, as you learn it, as you hide it in your heart. He's going to change your life, and you're going to praise him for what he's doing. And you're also going to let others know what he's teaching you, just as the psalmist is doing. He didn't keep it to himself. He laid it out, in his case, for a large audience to see, because here we are even today, 3,000 or more years later, still talking about this great testimony that he gave us. We'll have that same testimony. And other people, other believers in Christ here in the body of Christ, and remember what, I tell, what, what, what we have to remember when we get together like this. We're here for various reasons, but one of those reasons is to encourage each other. And it's a great, great encouragement for us to share the word of God together, to let each other know how the word of God is impacting our personal lives. In, in, in uh, my adult Bible study, we're, we're studying great passages right now. Great passages of Scripture from Old and New Testament. And, um, and, and we're making sure we're not taking them out of context, but just some passages that, that every believer ought to be familiar with and ought to know well. So we're talking about this. So if you're not in a class right now, I encourage you, come and be a part of it. it, it and, and one of the things that I was very encouraged with last week as we talked about this some of the people in the class knew some of my favorite great passages. And some of you said, well, duh. I hope that would be your response. I hope that you're encouraged by my repetition of certain concepts or passages of Scripture which we need every day of our lives. And I hope that you're encouraged every time you see each other here to share in this experience of worship and, and praise and, and, and Bible teaching together. I hope that you recognize the importance that you, the, the important role that you hold in this church as you come to, to, to worship together. Did you know that people are excited to see you when they see you on a Sunday morning coming in here? Did you know that? Some of you think, I don't even think anybody notices. This morning as I walked in, the greeters laughed. Because what I'm wearing. And I had my hat on, and, and they just thought it was hilarious. And, and, I, and I said to them, I'm really glad I could make you guys laugh and smile this morning. You know, that was my goal in putting this outfit, this ensemble together, you know, was uh, give, you, give you a good laugh. And then somebody else, thankfully, later said, hey, Dean, you really look nice tonight. I said, 
thank you. I, they didn't realize how much I needed it after causing the greeters to laugh. But you bring a smile to somebody's face every time you walk through these doors. Every time you come in, and sometimes you think, I'm just sitting here, nobody even knows. Yes, somebody knows you're here. Sometimes it might just be me, because I get to see everybody's, the front of their heads, you know, instead of just the back of their heads. But you're an encouragement to me being here this morning, at least taking some time out of the beginning of your week to think about the Word of God. Because I believe this with my whole heart. My whole heart. This is my testimony that, that, that the psalmist is, is writing about this morning. I believe that we have everything that we need to make it through our lives in this word. I believe it's all in here. And when I say everything to make it through our lives, now, you know, there are certain things that your jobs require or whatever that, that you're not going to find in the scripture and that kind of thing. So I'm not, I'm not talking about everything in absolute totality, but everything that we need to make it through the circumstances, the difficulties, the victories, the joys, the highs, the lows, all the different things, all the relationships that we have, everything that we need, everything that we need for our eternal life, it's all found right here. And so that, that's what encourages me so much when I see your face here on a Sunday morning, because I know you're at least getting a little bit. But this testimony, for this to be your own, you're going to get more than a little bit. You're going to take this second stanza of Psalm 119 home this week, and you're going to, you're going to meditate on it again, because here we go. Look what he says. I rejoice in following your statutes. As one rejoices in great riches, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. See, if this testimony is going to be yours, this week you're going to be thinking about this passage. You're going to be thinking about these things, and you're going to realize... I won the lottery. No. I won better than the lottery when I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I've been given all the riches of his eternal glory, and I find out about them every day when I look into his word. I am a rich man. Now, some of you heard that Dan mentioned, and Dan, by the way, for those of you who don't know Dan, He's not only a singer in the praise team, he's also an elder and our treasurer. That's why he was making the financial um, praise announcement. But I want you to understand that just because we went over budget, that does, that's not why I'm, I, I didn't just go shopping with the, with the you know, with the, with the take, okay? You know, we, we, don't, we don't operate that way, all right? Praise God, though, that, that he, through you and, and others, helped us do what we did. And, and remember this. Never forget this in your giving. Remember, this comes from the Word of God. This is 2020, you know, understanding of things. Remember, when I, when I urge you or when Dan or anybody urges you to give, we're not just urging you to give so that our needs will be met, so that my salary and our staff salaries and our electricity bills and, and all that kind of stuff, not just for that. It's not just to meet the needs. More importantly, we give according to God's Word that our account in heaven might be given deposit credit. Understand that. There is an account, according to the word of God, there is an eternal account with your name on it. And every time you give, now, 
I can't say every time because if you give and then let everybody know what you gave and all that, well, then it doesn't get in the account, all right? He says, enjoy that moment. You know, Jesus said that. Enjoy the moment when you, sh- when you brag about what you're doing for me. Enjoy the moment of praise that you get from the people because that's all you're getting. But on the other hand, if you give with the right motives, then that gets credited into your account. And you are going to be so happy you gave when you, get to, when you get into glory and find out what your account looks like. And, and we don't know what it's going to look like. But he's putting it together. I remember my dad did this for me. When he had a special account, that every time I gave to it, I couldn't get it back out right away. He had tape on the, on the jar. Couldn't get it out. If it goes in... But whatever I put in there, he put the same amount in there. Later on, I found out what that looked like. It looked like a brand new metallic brown Schwinn Collegiate (laughs) that I rode home from the store with my brother, who got a green one. It wasn't nearly as cool, but (laughs) we did that with the account that our Father set up for us. I'm telling you, what we're going to receive in glory is going to put my metallic brown Schwinn Collegiate to shame. But it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And that's the kind of vision that we get, understanding that we get about our lives when we commit ourselves to this being our testimony. When we treat the word of God like the riches that it is, when we meditate on it, that means when we go home, we're not just, we're not just shifting immediately into NFL playoff and college championship, you know, thing. So matter of fact, I, numerous people said, Dean, what's the purple for today? Is that Clemson or is that LSU? You know, well, I hate to tell you, I hate them both. No, <laughs> that's too strong of a word. It's too strong of a word. All right. I don't like either of them, all right? But I do like both the coaches. They're kind of cool. They got, some, they got some, you know, some pizzazz. And I love the testimony, the outspoken testimony of the Clemson coach. But I've also been somewhat disappointed over the last few weeks by a little whining that he's doing. I don't think that's very becoming of a guy who's, who's given the testimony. And it's been good for me because that reminds me, if I'm, if I'm confessing Christ all the time, I better not be a whiner. It just doesn't look good. You know, so you can learn from these things. So, you know, I'm not saying it's all bad or anything like that, and that's not what the purple's for. It's just because that's what color the sweater is. Um, but before you shift gears into whatever the rest of the thing is going on in your life, or a- after you shift gears and do something else, come back to it. Come back to it. If you're just getting started in, the, in, your, in your reading of the Word, then take the messages that you hear, the, the passage from the message and from the Scripture reading, and you've got it on your little bulletin. Take that home with you and just spend this week going back over those passages. You will, you will be so glad that you did that. You'll start to understand the riches of this Word. And, and, and then plenty of you, lots of us are, are going beyond that. That's great. But if you're just getting started, just do that. Meditate on it. Think about it. Let it. Ask the question to yourself as you're going through it. Can I say this about myself yet? Is this my testimony yet? 
Lord, help me get there. Help me get there. Help me to learn to love this book like the psalmist did. Help me get there. And he will. And finally, this will be the the result of it. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. That's a great word, delight. We want that. We, we want to delight in him, in, in our relationship with him, in our service of him. We want to delight in him. And we won't do it. We won't have that delight if we neglect his word. And so the challenge is, is set before you in 2020. You can have 2020 vision. Not right away. And, and, and probably good chance that most of us aren't going to quite have 2020 vision by the end of 2020, but we'll be closer. The little, the little letters at the bottom are going to get a little bit bigger. You're going to see them a little bit more clearly. And you're going to be more excited about your life. You're going to be more excited about your family. You're going to be more excited about your job. You're going to be more excited about your church. You're going to be more excited about serving God as you commit yourselves to, to stanza bait being your testimony in 2020. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful this morning for your word, and we're most thankful for your son, the Lord Jesus, who is the word. Thank you for living it out, Lord Jesus. We couldn't, we can't, but in you, we have. Now help us to live up to what we've already received in you. And Father, if we haven't received Jesus yet, I pray that anybody here who can't say that, who can't say that they have personally called out to Jesus to forgive them of their sins and to take control of their lives, give them the faith and the courage and the wisdom to do that right now. In the silence of their own heart, just help them to say, Jesus, I've been waiting too long on this. I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. Now use me. Grow me for your glory. Thank you for the absolute assurance of eternal life with you. Please say that to him this morning. He loves you. Lord, help him to understand your love. And Father, for those of us who have neglected your word, oh, we're believers, we, we believe in Jesus, but we've neglected your word. Stands of bait is not our testimony. Forgive us and help us to make it so. Help us to use the discipline and the resources at our disposal to dig into your word in 2020. And we pray that you would use the results for your great glory, that we would bring praise to your name and that others will be praising you because of what they've seen and heard in us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.